This is Helix and Gene Podcast, Episode episode of Helix and Gene, we interview Rob Pennell, arguably the greatest lacrosse player in the world. I'm your co-host Matt Freed, and along with Sam Baluch, our founder and CEO, today we have a very special guest for you. Rob Pennell is one of the greatest lacrosse players in the world. But even if you're not into lacrosse, you're going to quickly learn why Rob is such an important person and guest to have on this show. We're going to cover things like What has it been that's been most important in shaping Rob as a person on his way to becoming the world's greatest lacrosse player? What Aristotle quote does Rob have committed to memory? What big news does Rob have to share about the state of professional lacrosse today? And how training his nervous system with Helix and Gene has changed Rob, and is he writing a book for athletes about it? Here at Helix and Gene, our mission is to marry science and spirituality through sequential movement and breathwork. We interview top performers in their fields, such as Kia Miller, founder of Radiant Body Yoga in episode 22, and Dr. Stephen Gundry in episode 18. If you haven't yet checked those episodes out, please do. So without further ado, here's Rob Pennell and Sam Baluch, episode 23. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Helix and Gene Wellness Podcast. We are back in action after a small little break. And today I have a very, very special guest, a, uh, a person that I met recently through a friend and we instantly hit it off. And uh, he just happened to be the greatest lacrosse player on the planet. <laughs> Mr. <who> you <laughs> ask. Mr. Rob Pennell himself. Hey, bud, how are you? Welcome to the show. Good. Uh, great to be here. Excellent. So I just want to let everyone know that, um, you know, we, I, I was having a little uh, COVID-friendly outdoor gathering with two, three couples at our house, and uh, a mutual friend, Joe, that we have in common um, was like, I'm bringing a friend, you know, and his girlfriend over the house. I'm like, yeah, sure, come. You know, and he was telling me that, you know, my friend's a phenomenal lacrosse player, and, you know, I've gotten into lacrosse recently because my nine-year-old plays, and uh, very fascinated by the sport. It's, it's, it's very cool. I didn't know much about it. Um, and uh, I met Rob, and I just want to get across that aside from being an incredible lacrosse player, you know, instantly I saw such a great human being and such a powerful energy. And what I do for a living is teach how to maneuver energy. So I'm very susceptible to people when I meet them in the beginning. And uh, he just had such a purity and such integrity about him. And I noticed that instantly when we first met, and uh, I was very excited to get to know him more. And uh, now that I've asked him to come do the podcast show, I would love to get this across to everybody else, our audience, his audience, to be able to get to know Rob a little bit better like I have, because it, it truly is a pleasure getting to know Rob. He is a fantastic person. So Rob, again, welcome to the show. And um, I wanted to just kind of start the conversation a little bit about you know, 
obviously I see this present product, this 30-year-old Rob Pennell that I meet. Um, how did you come about becoming this person? Tell us a little bit about you know, your journey as an individual and then a little bit of your journey as a lacrosse player and how you came about to be here today. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, 31 years old. 31 so. years old, sorry. I'd like to be 30. <laughs> um, yeah, I think lacrosse is, is so much of, of who I've become and my journey to get to where I am today. Um, lacrosse was such a big part of that and really um, till now has set the foundation for who I am as a person. Um, kind of, uh, you know, I identify with lacrosse and, um, you know, it hasn't been all, you know, highlights and ups uh along the way you know there's been a lot of downs and i think that's uh, those are the most important things that really allow you to come into your own and shape you as a person i think when people uh look at rob pinnell on the lacrosse field and um, people who don't really know me they think it was just all easy and um things kind of just you know i was always this great player but it, it definitely wasn't the case and i think you know over over time especially when I was playing the sport at a younger age, uh, you know, I always wasn't the best. And, um, you know, I, I still don't think I'm the best. You know, I think at one point maybe I was one of the top players in the world. And, you know, I'm a little older now trying to stay there and stay playing at the highest level. Um, but it's been a humbling experience to get to, to this um, part of, of, of my life and, and to where I am today. And, um, you know, I, I'm thankful for a lot of those moments. And uh, I think they've really helped shape me uh, into the competitor that I am and, uh, and the person that I am. And, and you know, I, listen, I, I, I want to be the best version of myself each and every day. And I think now at the age of 31, I'm, I still find myself trying to do that. You know, you talk about those lows and, you know, you and I have obviously gotten to know each other a little bit and we've spoken. And, you know, <clears throat> it, it, it's interesting because you mentioned you weren't always the greatest player growing up. You know, when was that turning point for you? You know, I, I know we had mentioned that in high school, you weren't even the best kid on your high school team, right? And, you know, you turned that around and you have developed into the person you are today. You know, tell us a little bit about that experience so people can understand that, you know, if you're not the greatest player in second grade with all the skills, <laughs> then you shouldn't give up on your dream or playing lacrosse or anything else for that matter. Yeah, I think um, you know a lot of it started when I was younger, and I was I was young always from my age group. My parents put me ahead, and um, so right at right to start, I was kind of at a disadvantage. Just um, I was a late bloomer. You know, I wasn't as tall, as fast, as strong as everybody. Um, you know, from the time I picked up a lacrosse stick, I always had the skill aspect of it. I always was able to handle a stick and catch and throw. But when it came to competing physically with the other kids, um, I was definitely fell behind as I got into those middle school, high school years. And those are some of the most important years when it comes to your development and when it comes to playing lacrosse. And if you're not really at your peak level, your sophomore, junior year in high school, you fall behind and that's where you miss out on recruitment. So um, for me, when I really gained that confidence was my senior year. And um, it started for me when I started to see changes physically, right? Because a lot of what, what I didn't have when I was in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth grade were the physical attributes that I have now that allowed, that allowed me to compete 
physically at the highest level. But during that time, I took advantage, I like to think that I took advantage of that time in developing my skill um, as much as I can. And as I like to say to young kids, control the controllables. A lot of us are so worried about things that we can't control. And if you're a young kid, you can't control how fast your, your body's gonna develop. You can't control um, you know, how strong you're gonna be or how quick you're gonna be, how fast you're gonna be, right? That's, that's science. What you can control is how good your stick skills are, your left hand, your right hand. You know, lacrosse is such a sport of skill. I tell kids, if you control the controllables, when you look at lacrosse um, and some of the guys who have been looked at as some of the top players ever to play, they, take, they come in all different forms, shapes, and sizes. Right? It's not you know, basketball or football or um, you, know, you have to be some physical specimen over 6'2 six, you know, six two and 240 pounds. You've seen the best players. You know, you look at some of the best players in the world today. Some are over six foot. Some are below six foot. You know, some are a buck sixty. Some are two twenty. Um, and I think that's the amazing part about lacrosse, and it's it really allows a, a, an equal opportunity to all if they're willing to put the work in. And I think I did that at an early age, which allowed me to start to excel and build confidence when I came into my own physically. I love that because you know doing what I do for a living in training the central nervous system and understanding human movement and you know just my natural thought process always when I look into a field is not so much the tempo of the game but more like how does everybody move right like where is and one of the things I was so fascinated by when I first started watching just these kids play was there is such a ability from a physical standpoint that you have to have in order to be able to move. But there is also a very, very mental ability in the sense of that IQ, in that being smart, in that understanding positioning, in that understanding spacing, you know, in that understanding how the game works. And, you know, when I started seeing how much that mental aspect of it goes with the physical aspect, it's become one of the most fascinating sports for me because, you know, <clears throat> you talk about training the nervous system, you know, you have a helmet on, you're running around, someone is trying to take you down, you have a stick in your hand, you have to keep, you know, your, your focus on catching this really hard ball that's like a rock coming at you, unconsciously maneuvering it, figuring out where to step, who's open, where to throw, <laughs> the complexity of what goes on inside the mind as opposed to how it relates to the field is is fascinating and you know rob's a very modest guy i mean i, I i'm training him physically in my system now and i can tell you that i've worked with a lot of athletes in the past this guy happens to play lacrosse He's a one percentile physical freak of an athlete. He could be a safety, he could be a running back. You know, this is just what he happens to play. So those physical attributes that caught up late have not done him wrong, I'll tell you that much. Um, that's just a reality. Yeah, I think that's something I've worked on though. You know, like I, I, I think I've been uh, blessed and with uh, athleticism. Like, you know, I had hand-eye coordination yeah. from a young age. I'm able to play golf, I'm able to play any sport with a ball I'm comfortable playing. Um, but when it comes to the physical side of things, the speed, the strength, that's something that since you know my senior year of high school and into college until now, if you look at the past 16, 17 years of my life, like I have dedicated myself to. And 
and, and it I've shows done it consistently right so um yeah maybe i have the body for it I, you know I, i'm built that way but like i i haven't taken many days off over that time period to consistently get to where i am today so i, I think that's important and you know i i believe that you know anybody can really build to the physical of my physical physical being if they're consistent in their work ethic and um you know I, I think that's important because you know some people think they don't have it or they you know so this guy luckily has it i think if you know you commit to something and do it so for an extended period of time you're going to get the results that you want well let's talk about that for a second right you're talking about that commitment you're talking about that mentality you're talking about that day-to-day work that goes into that craft right um it it it, it, things you know excellence doesn't happen overnight it happens by doing daily chores every single day over and over and over and over and over again consistency over time to achieve something and you know the the gold and the magic in my opinion is in that is in that mindset is in that dedication um you know, you seem like you've been able to just constantly pass these obstacles, you know, that have presented you your whole life. And, and no matter what happens, you've had that confidence internally, that, you know, that, 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 that energy to take over and do what you need to do. Um, you know, as a kid in your upbringing, you know, where were you always just did you always have that confidence that work ethic is this something that you know your parents worked on with you or is it something that you think was just kind of there and you learned how to put it together as you grew up yeah um you know i think it developed into confidence but like i had the work ethic from when i grew you know growing up my dad you know was a very firm believer in that we had to earn things and we had to work for things and um you know, we had to be out in the backyard practicing and, you know, he was making sure we were doing things the right way at all times. So, um, you know, I, I think he built that work ethic in me, but, uh, you know, I think to get to the point where I am today, it, it's, it's almost like I, I didn't have success at an early age. So like I wasn't making club program teams. I got, I didn't make my varsity team as a freshman. Um, you know, I wasn't, getting maybe the recognition that I thought maybe I should have been getting and I was overlooked, I wasn't recruited. So I kind of built up this, um, almost like just, it was like a negative thing. Like it's almost like something negative had to happen. Like I was working so hard and nothing was coming of it. So finally, when I started to see results and, you know, I was an All-American my senior year and getting recruited to Cornell and, and then, you know, I had a great freshman year and we go to the national championship game and, um, you know, you, you're almost waiting for something negative to happen. And so you just want to keep working because you're finally starting to seeing results that's addicting and you want to just keep working because you want to keep taking that next step. And, and if you stop working, you're going to, you're going to fall back and you're going to lose that. And I think that's kind of where I got to. Um, it wasn't so much confidence. You know, I'm confident now because I've had such, you know, I've been I'm fortunate enough to have success over a sustained period of time and it, it builds confidence. But uh, it started almost of like fear of losing what I was fine, what I finally had that I was longing for. And, um, you know, when that came in college, really started to come consistently, um, I was afraid of losing it. And I just want, kept working, working, working. Um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is Aristotle is we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. And, um, 
you know, that's something that I took and, and just started to live by and just was like, you know, if I'm, I'm expected to do this well, then you know what, I need to be make sure that I'm in the gym and I'm doing my program three, four times a week. And then, you know, as you continue into now, you know, finish my eighth year as a pro, it's okay, what can I continue to do to evolve when maybe I didn't have the best summer, you know, this past year, I didn't have my best season. Um, what can I do to get back to where I was, you know, as I'm 31, as I'm, you know, maybe have a few years left in me, what can I do to, to get back to the right mindset? What things can I change? And, um, you know, that's where we met and, and started to take things in a different direction, um, which has been great. And I think something that I needed as maybe it was getting a little stale um, and just to bring some excitement to the training again. Well, let's talk about training now, right? Let's let's talk about, you know, where we are today and a little bit of that training that's led you up to here, right? I mean, you talk about the dedication and the consistency that you've put into your training over the past 15 years, you know, um, and, you know, lifting and agility work and, you know, all the importance of those things that are very, very necessary for any human being or any athlete. Um, and, you know, you and I met and I kind of showed you a little bit about what I do and you were very intrigued and, you know, talk a little bit about first your regular training routine over the past five to eight years what was that mindset in terms of you know how to train and, and how to hit the gym and what type of training workouts did you do I think a lot of people are interested in what you've done in the past to get to here and then we'll get into the transition of what we're doing today yeah sure uh, you know over the past uh, let's say past five years I was living in Manhattan um, working out at gyms in the city, and um, you know, I'd say over the more last three to four years specifically, I met uh, a close friend of mine named Brian Mazza, and he's in the fitness world, and um, we started working out together, and we didn't really have a, a rhyme or reason as to what we were doing. You know, we were kind of doing high-intensity workouts, CrossFit style, but not CrossFit, and it, it worked for us and we were consistent, right? We had our training 10 a.m. every day, four days a week, and we were getting after it. And, um, you know, we measured our workout by how exhausted we were at the end of it. And then, you know, we saw progress in the years, to, in you know, in the, the days, weeks, months to come. And, you know, uh, in 2018, when we started training together in 2017, I was the MVP of the league in 2018, and, um, you know, won gold medal with Team USA and had one of my best years yet. And fast forward, you know, 2019, the MLL and the PL, the PLL forms that there's two leagues now and I'm in the MLL and, you know, a lot of guys in the PLL and it was just kind of a weird season. 2020, um, I kind of, you know, it was, it was the bubble that we just had with COVID and it was an interesting season. Our team didn't have a great year, um, you know, great few weeks. And I didn't, I played okay. And, uh, you know, I thought I played okay, but not my best. So it's like, you start to reevaluate yourself, what you've been doing in the past from the high intensity, 30 to 45 minute workouts in and out, maybe not taking care of my body as much as I should with regards to mobility and flexibility. Okay. I'm 31 now. I'm not 28. Um, you know, what can I be doing differently to make sure that on game day, I'm in the best shape possible to, to play at the highest level and I think that's where we met and then uh, you know we started talking about you know aside from what we do here what can I do elsewhere 
which um, you know the acceleration guy. So I yeah. started to train there, and uh, you know I think between the two, it's been an amazing complement to each other to get me into a shape now, uh, paired with nutrition with you and Tanaz about you know to get me uh, to where I need to be, uh, feeling great, feeling strong. Um, not exhausting myself, but making sure that I'm going to be powerful, strong on the field, flexible, mobile, and um, I've really never trained like this. And yeah. and uh, it takes patience, and and uh, it's certainly very methodical. But it's it's a nice change of pace as to what I was, where it was like 30 minutes, as many reps as you can go in and out of the gym for so many years. Um, and that has that has its importance too. Yeah, know? I think it's good depending on what you're trying to do. And exactly. In, in talking to you and talking to Steve over at Acceleration, it's like, okay, well, if you want to be the best on field, you know, and, and you want to be powerful and you want to have that quick first step, and it's like, that's great if you want to be in. If you're 30 and you're you know working and you, you want to just be in good shape, that's great. Yeah. But this is what we need to do yeah. if you want to perform on the yeah. field, and that's something that I kind of uh, was drawn to as someone who's always looking to change and get take myself to that next level. And it's what something anyone can do. It's like evaluate yourself, evaluate where you're at, where you were, where you're at, where you want to go, what do you need to change? Yeah, and, and, and that's so well said, right? And one of the first conversations I had with you, you know, I, I have 10 years on Rob, you know, in terms of age. And, you know, I used to be a very serious competitive bodybuilder and I've put my body in 20 years of being in the fitness and wellness world through almost any kind of training, nutrition tests that you could possibly imagine. And, you know, I've had experience of training and coaching over 5,000 people. And, you know, all of that has really gathered me a overall understanding of fitness, nutrition, movement, wellness. And one of the conversations I had with Rob is what I teach is not a substitute to what you do and that's where you know we talked about getting together with you know john and steve at acceleration and you know <clears throat> the importance of a strength and conditioning and and and, and a endurance type of training and, and mobility that's needed for a one percentile athlete now you take that and you know you combine it with what I do in the breath work and training the central nervous system and understanding how to, you know, put your body in specific hold like a push-up plank, you know, and hold it there and focus on your spine and breathe for five straight minutes without moving, right? So, you know, when, when you start combining those things, your body, your nervous system, your joints, your spine all have a completely different reaction than what they were ever used to. And, you know, when also with the nutrition, I think one of my philosophies always is, you know, you have to reevaluate every decade how you eat and how you train. And that's something that you and I spoke about, right? And, and going into now this stage of your life and your career, um, you can totally be at your optimal level if you are willing to do what it takes, which is your life story. You're always willing to do what it takes. So, you know, when I saw that in you, I was like, all right, so we changed your nutrition. 
we changed a little bit of your, even with acceleration, right? When, when I introduced you to those guys, one of the main things that I was very drawn to them about is, you know, their, their mindset on injury prevention when it comes to, you know, uh, strength and conditioning. And, and, and it wasn't just about get in there and push and get in there and push. And, you know, that's fantastic when you're 22 years old and, you know, you're invincible, <laughs> you know, as you get older, that mindset has to change. Otherwise you're going downhill. So I think, you know, you've now shifted in the right direction um, and, and you can see, I mean, we're, we can see measurable results in your training and in what you're doing, you know, both for, with them and with me. And it's fantastic. And you've gotten a lighter and leaner with your nutrition. We've cleaned out your hormones and reset the organs. And, you know, we, we, we've done all that now in getting you prepared for that next step, right? So I think, you know, for you, it's it's just a matter of, you know, now putting it on the field and, 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 you know, showing that, okay, you know, here I am and I still got it. Not only do I still got it, but I'm actually an improved version, not for any hocus pocus reason, but because I made the change, I put in the work like I always have, and here we are again, you know. Um, I also want to just quickly touch base a little bit about... Um, you know, the state of lacrosse, you know, you talked a little bit about the PLL and you talked a little bit about, you know, uh, the different leagues and, you know, how did this emerge and where is this state of lacrosse uh, today in terms of its professional game, you know, just for some of the audience that's not familiar with lacrosse here. Yeah, well, we have big <clears throat> news um, come out two days ago, actually, um, which is the PLL, which is the newest professional lacrosse league it's called the premier lacrosse league which was founded in 2018 um just merged with the mll which is major league lacrosse which was formed in 2000 2001 as the original professional lacrosse league um, basically we all played in the mll for years i played seven years in the mll many guys played uh, many years there and then um one of my teammates who's the founder of uh the premier lacrosse league paul rabel started the PLL after playing for many years in the MLL and kind of learning and taking in and you know realizing that he wants to try something different um, and just recently they formed two leagues uh, they, the two leagues came together as one um, they'll be adding one team um, coming over and um, that's kind of where we're at it was a big day for professional across in the sense that you know last summer and uh, the last two years you kind of been fighting for players and fighting for market share now it's one league and we can move forward in the right direction. Um, you know, I'd say one of the unfortunate things about it, and this is something that, you know, I deal with as I'm 31 and figuring out what what I want to do in, in life after lacrosse is a lot of guys lost jobs because there were, you know, there's seven teams in the PLL, there were six teams in the MLL, only one team's coming over. Um, so you have five teams of guys, you know, a, that, now don't have a team um and with that you have guys in the pl that are on the practice rosters that now are going to fight for that eighth team and um it's it's going to be tough and i i've always said lacrosse is the most concentrated pool of talent in professional sports because um you know there's only 18 guys in a team and there's been only eight to you know six to nine teams depending on the league and depending on any given time 
very concentrated pool of talent. That's but, very little yeah. relative to how many people play. <laughs> yeah, especially like professional level guys yeah. that are, you know, passionate about it. And guys love it, you know. We're, guys are, yeah, we're making better money now with the PLL and they're, they're paying us better, giving us benefits. That was a big part of the league yeah. um, on NBC. You know, they're doing it right. The PLL is really doing an amazing job. But we never played lacrosse really for the money. It was like we love the sport. We're happy to compete. And, you know, that's what made it so special because guys were literally out there every day giving it their all and like just because they wanted to win they loved the game um you know you guys have full-time jobs they're going to the gym after work to make sure they're ready for the game on the weekend it's really a commitment and you know it, it's really special about the sport so now we're, we are where we are and you know and, and like i said unfortunately guys are maybe never play professional across again you know getting texts from guys that i played with saying you know what do i do what do you think and i was you know it, it's it's something that no athlete who's playing at a high level wants to come to terms with is maybe their their days are done um you know we met through joe and he just retired yesterday yeah, yeah. um and he's in great amazing shape he's, yeah yeah you know 27 28 years old <laughs> right, whatever he is right. and he's just decided to be done so um you know, it's nothing any of us want to deal with, but as far as lacrosse and taking the steps that we need to move forward, uh, the professional game is in, a, is in a good place right now. So in, in, in that, you know, we talk about the youth because I experienced lacrosse from a father's, you know, bird's eye view, right? And I, I have a nine-year-old kid who, you know, is is on the better side of the ball, I would say. You know, he plays for one of the top travel teams. Uh, he's not the best kid, you know, but he's not the worst. And, you know, he's, he's there. And, um, and you know, he, he understands the work ethic and does those things. And, you know, in, in evaluating the game, for me, because I evaluate just being a student of life every year and, and looking at, you know, how this thing moves forward. You know, we've talked a little bit about that pipeline of these kids and, and where the future of lacrosse is. Um, <clears throat> do you see a growth uh, in, in, in lacrosse with, with the kids? And, you know, um, the love is the love. I mean, I see, I know what you're saying because I see these kids, they love this game. <laughs> it's incredible, you know. Um, but, you know, there is, I've always looked at it as two avenues of lacrosse, right? One is the getting into college because that's where it's so big, right? And then there's the avenue of, well, what's after that, right? Do, do you know, I have the love for the game. There's people with full-time jobs that, still play professional lacrosse. I mean, that's the love of the game. Yeah, if that's not love, I don't know what is, <laughs> you know? So, like, you know, where do you see, how do you see this pipeline of the kids? Where do you see the sport in 10 years? Um, you know, obviously, it looks like it's going in the right direction. Um, what's your take on that? You know, it, lacrosse is interesting, and I, I think, I, I don't know, certainly not in my playing career, uh, maybe not in my lifetime will lacrosse ever get to the level that we want it to be professionally, right? You look at the big four sports, and uh, we would love to have lacrosse there. But right now, um, you know, I'm not sure the sport's growing at the numbers that we needed to. Historically, it's been one of the fastest growing sports. When you look at the 2000s, you know, into you know, 2010, 2015, 16, 17, um, numbers were growing. But now I think we've kind of plateaued a little bit, and. You know, part of that, I, I'm not sure why. My assumption is that kids are are not are stopping playing at earlier ages. 
um, because of the landscape of the sport. Um, you know, it's kind of made this shift towards the club side, which yeah. you, you know, which you spoke about. Yeah. And there's less less emphasis on middle school and high school lacrosse. So, you know, a ki- the kid that may have played for the love of the game to play on his middle school team and then played on his high school team just because he wanted to be on the team and, and part of the guys, you know, that kid really doesn't exist anymore. Kids are playing because they, they're competitive. They want to play at a high level. They're playing on these club teams. They want to play in college. Um, is every kid going to play in college? No, right? Does lacrosse have one of the highest percentages of kids that play the game to have an opportunity to play in college? Yes, simply because there's not that many kids playing comparative to other sports, right? If you play soccer, the chances you play soccer in college are not very high because there's you know hundreds of millions of kids playing soccer. With lacrosse, there's not that many kids playing, so therefore your percentages of maybe being looked at by one of these schools is higher. Um, but still very difficult, and you're not going to get a full scholarship. You know, you'll get maybe get some money depending on Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. So I, I, I think, you know, what I would love to see is to see the sport grow at the youth level on a national level. You know, it's very northeast. Um, it's kind of coastal. You have California, Seattle, um, you know, in the Midwest. You have Denver, Utah. You got Texas, Florida, up the east coast to the northeast. Um, you know, we need to fill in the gaps there. We need to make sure that, you know, the middle part of the country is playing lacrosse. We need some of the top division one universities in the south when you look at some of the universities in florida or texas um california we need some of those schools to get programs so that the kids in the surrounding areas want to play at those schools and that's kind of i i think that's a big part you know everyone looks at college as a you know kind of the central part of you know every kid plays across to get to college right and the pro game is like icing on the cake if you're able to take it that far um Obviously, one day, hopefully, everyone's aspiring to be pros. But right now, it's really college. So how do we grow the game? Well, we need as many colleges playing as possible. And we need kids aspiring in those areas to go to those colleges. And that'll just that'll grow the sport at the youth level, I think. Um, and that's what I would love to see. But right now, I think we've hit a little bit of a plateau. I'm not sure the numbers. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if even it was maybe de- decreasing a little bit. Um, and I think that's just because of the importance that you know, club programs have brought to kids recruiting, you know, it's taken emphasis off school, taking emphasis off PAL. Um, it's become a business for a lot of people. Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of a long winded answer there, but I, you know, I, I don't, I, listen, I think club programs are good for many reasons. I think they're bad for many reasons. You know, what is, how is a kid going to feel for, getting cut when he's eight years old from a, a club team, you know? Is he going to want to play that sport anymore? Right. Probably not, right? He's going to be turned off. And I think that, for me, that hits home because I was one of those kids that was not making a club program when I was 11, 12 years old when there were only two on Long Island. Right. Now there's hundreds. But, right. um, you know, I wasn't making that team, so I was upset. But, I, you know, my parents, thank God, just pushed me to continue to, to get better and work on my game and... Um, and that paid off, but I very easily could have thrown in the towel, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's what you know a lot of kids are doing now if they don't make these club programs. Yeah, I mean, you know, being in the center of the clubs, you know, I, I, I see a lot of what you're talking about, and I, I know I see a lot of positivity, but I also see a lot of the negativity as well. You know, it's like I totally agree with you in, in the sense of the eight-year-old, you know, not making a club, and you know that can be detrimental to somebody who could have been fantastic. You know, and and I think the other 
negative to it is, you know, these club teams are expensive. You know, they require a certain uh, financial market as a parent for right you there. to be. Yeah, that's a hit. You weed a lot of talent out that way, yep. you know. And, and what happens is if the, if the game is not emphasized in school and there, there isn't, you know, places for inner city kids to play in, in other areas and, and middle of the country kids to play because, you know, they can't afford club teams. You know, what are they, how do they yeah. get involved, right? Like, where is those programs, you know? And I think, um, you know, if the PLL is listening, scholarship programs for the youth that cannot afford these club games might be a very good place to start, yeah. in my opinion, you know, in, in expanding this sport because, you know, um, there is a lot of boys in Texas that, you know, run a 44.3 or 44.40 yard dash and they can't make fourth string on a cornerback team in one of those Texas schools. Yeah. You hand that boy a lacrosse stick with that athletic ability and teach him, you know, what to do. Now you've got a totally different type of explosion inside the game, right? I'm not sure everybody wants that, um, but... You know, to me, that's a good way to look at the game and say, okay, now getting it a little more broadened and expanded and, and being able to kind of bring it together. And I think that does start at that PLL level to set the precedent in terms of how do we want this umbrella to fall, yeah. right? Like, like where, where do we want this umbrella to fall? Because like you said, the colleges is the next drop, right? Yeah. Like those, like Alabama, you know, if Clemson, if mm -hmm. all of a sudden these, these teams have, you know, lacrosse teams that are being broadcast, now we're talking about a completely different world, right? So I think we're on the same page in, in, in the positivity and negativity. And I actually think the club teams, you know, could take some, some initiative in this and offering an X amount of um, money internally to be able to provide local programs yeah. for kids that can't afford it. You yeah, know? I think there's got to be some regulation. You know, I, you know, I think U.S. lacrosse is at the top of everything when it comes to youth lacrosse. So, you know, I think it'd probably, you know, I think the PL can help with grants and stuff like that and raising money. But at the end of the day, how many kids are you going to raise money for, right? Like, yeah, is no, it going to be impactful? Um, that remains to be seen. So, yeah, yeah. It remains to be seen. Yeah. Could be, any, you know, we don't right. know. But I think, on a, like, it could be regulated better in the sense that, you know, it, it does have to be. You know, kids, you know, ha should be playing school ball. They should be playing PAL ball. Um, you know, it shouldn't just be club programs 24-7, 365, which is what it is. And, um, you know, it, that's what I think that the sport is, is shrinking a little bit because the barriers to entry right now are too are too high you know if you're not on if you're not on the team and in, in when you're eight years old good luck making it when you're 12 right, right. you got to get right. in so if you don't get in early you're out um you know there's got to be a limit there like okay a kid doesn't need to be playing on a travel team when he's eight years old because you know if this kid doesn't make it he's done playing you know let kids up till you know middle school play pal ball you know the travel team shouldn't matter then there's you know that starts It'll, it'll probably never happen, right? You're not going to be able to control that. It's a business. It's right. where people make that's money. Right. But um, that's something I feel would, would would help is some sort of regulation with like, okay, you cannot be on a club program up until this age, play in your town team, and then you try out for your, your club team. 
And, and, I, and I do just want to point out, you know, um, being a father, and, and I know our buddy Matt here, um, who's behind the controls over there, uh, his son and my son play together on a club team, and they play on Igloo. And, you know, and, and all of this being said, I'm very happy with the way that the organization, at least the one that we're a part of, does run their program you know they do do a great job they have phenomenal coaches they're very encouraging you know they are taking those steps you know they've even done an a team and a b team where more kids can you know get involved it means more money you too. know it does look <laughs> it, it, we live in a capitalistic world you know listen no, I you know I, I and i understand that but, but even that like you know like Listen, I'm always going to play devil's advocate with the club program. So it's even that. It's like, what if you're on the B team? You're already saying, well, that's, kid, well, that, you're that's, a B level player. Right. That, and that's oh, where I was crazy. going with it. And I don't it's know if crazy, that, right. You, know? so, it, you hit it on the head. And and kids that, aren't mature enough or old enough right. to handle that at a young age. I, I, I agree. You know, and, and that's something that, you know, is, 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 is a tough conversation to have sometimes with your kid, you know, at, at the age of eight, you know, why you're on a B team or you're yeah. on an A team, you know, and, 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 and if you're not very delicate with that conversation as a parent you can psychologically damage your kid at a young age so you know there there is the, there is both ends to that at, at all times and you know i i hope that collectively with conversations like this with you know guys that you know start the pll like your buddy rabel that you know can come together and be more trendsetters you yourself are a huge trendsetter in this game you know um <clears throat> your positivity and and also your the way you carry yourself like you know when i first met rob just just you know on a side note um and and i know my son plays lacrosse and i was seeing a lot of what he's talking about you know in in, in the lacrosse crowd um seeing a guy who's at the top of his game at the age of 31 not 30 um you know be you know be so humble be such a great human being aside from everything else and have no ego and and be so open and receptive and and you know that's what really won rob with me over in the sense that you know i saw that special energy in him and i would love for my son daston to you know look at role models like you and go you know that's exactly what i want to be like and you know i think more of that is also needed inside the game in order to be able to, you know, get these younger players to a little more excited to say, you know, um, <clears throat> it's not just about this game, but it's what the the consistency and the dedication that I've put into this game, the human being that it's turned me into at the age of 31, you know, and I'm more interested in that than yeah, anything else. Well, a lot of people don't see that, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, as someone who... You know, this is something I, you know, as someone who's played lacrosse professionally and has made a career out of it, um, you know, because of that and because of what I've done, I'm, I'm, I'm in the spotlight a lot. And, like, I think that could be taken the wrong way. Like, just because I'm with New Balance or Warrior and I'm in a commercial and, um, you know, I'm posting on social media because that's how I make a living, um, you know, people don't know who I am behind the scenes, right? And the type of person that I am. And, um, you know, it, it could come off one way when it's really not that way. Right? Well, that, that, that's, what, that's, that's what I wanted to get across. You know, it's not I, that way. <laughs> I think that's tough. And I think uh, something I've always struggled with, um, 
because you know, listen, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I like I, everyone cares what people think about them. So of course, um, you know, when you look at guys in your sport and uh, you know they think you're one way, but you know, all you really want to do is you know you want to compete at the highest level. You're trying to make a living and uh, and you want to win. You know, I'm a competitor. So yeah. if if you're in the way of that, then maybe I'll come off a maybe I'll come off a certain way. You know, if it's on the field or um, in practice, but. You know, off the field, you know, we're out after a game having a, a soda. Like, I just, I'm just one of the guys. And I just, you know, I'm, you know, I could care less about what's going on on the field, right? I just want to, you know, be there and, and, and hang out. So, um, well, two segments there, right? One in, in, um, in what you were talking about being sponsored, right? With, 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 uh, New Balance, which is something really funny. I just wanted to kind of share, you know, um, being, you know, I, I like to think of myself as a fashionable guy in terms of what I do, you know. Uh, my wife will tell you I, I, I dress like a bum yogi every day to work, but, you know, that, that that's a different story. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, in looking at, it was interesting, you know, Rob's, you know, sponsored by New Balance, and uh, I had not looked at any of this stuff in ages and seeing Rob wearing the clothing that he wears and I'm like this is some of the coolest stuff like you know has really gotten me into it so it's like you know it, it's a very it, it, it is you know in a way you know it, it's more than lacrosse in that you know you've reached other people with other sponsorships that you do as well so you know for you it is a living you know being able to make your living and your money off of lacrosse but it also there's an avenue of staying authentic to who you are you know and and you're not somebody you know i've i've paid attention to that just takes on sponsorships or just takes on something you know and that's why when you and i um started doing this thing together and and getting into what i want to talk to you about right now um, the little project and the book that we're working on uh, about understanding the lacrosse IQ and training the nervous system, you know, it's something that really meshed so well together in your level of understanding, in your bird's eye view on how to slow the game down. Um, and you relating it, I remember the first time we trained, you made a comment right away in that you're like, oh, I see how this is going to help me. Like, you understood it right away, you know? And it was like, oh yeah, I see how this is gonna help me slow the game down even more. And, yep. and that connection was made instantly, right? And it was like, okay, now let's, let's get to work, right? So can you talk a little bit about a, the, this training system, that HG Zen that you're now doing with me and a little bit about uh, the book that we're working on and how that can truly help the parents reading the book, the child reading the book, and just everybody looking at it from a different bird's eye view than just here's a bunch of agility drills, here's yeah. a bunch of you know reps that you have to do with your left hand and right hand. Sure, yeah, it's just so unique, I think, right? And when something that I've always um, tried to do is play the game at my own speed. And um, you know, I tell kids, you know, you don't have to be going 100% in lacrosse. You know, we talk about it being the fastest game of two on two feet. Uh, but I never thought, I never felt it was the fastest game on two feet, right? Always slowing it down in my head. Um, and and be, be, I've been able to do that because of lacrosse IQ and understanding the game, certain nuances. So when I came here with you and, you know, we started doing breath work and, um, you know, really getting in tune with yourself, it was like, all right, you know, I could see, you know, 
going on a field where, you know, in the past maybe I've, you know, had some some nerves or excitement before game started. It's like, you know, to now be able to control that through the work we do here and, and to, you know, ease yourself with your breath and, and know that, um, you know, you, you built the foundation with you. And pair that with, you know, my strength and conditioning. It's, you know, you're ready to go and having that calming presence. Um, but when you told me to, to start to try and put what I do into a book, it was such a fun it's been such a fun exercise because I never would have thought to do that. And yeah. you talk about the skill side of the sport. You talk about, you know, catching and throwing and shooting, right? All important things. But, you know, when you talk about other things that allow, you know, that you can do because you can catch and throw and shoot, right? What else are you looking at? What else are you feeling in a defenseman looking at in the defense? Anticipation anticipating um, all these little things that I think have allowed me to play at a high level and to play the game at my own speed we're now putting into a book and I think it'd be a really interesting read for lacrosse players um, because it's been challenging for me to put it on paper but it's been fun and I think a, a kid reading that is not something you can necessarily coach or teach or explain but reading it and understanding what's going through my head when I'm out there is something that then a kid, or, you know, a player or a parent can can comprehend. And and the challenging part for me was, you know, taking that mindset and understanding, you know, the the levels of you know neurons that fire away, you know, inside the brain while the game is moving, and coming up with the proper sequential movements and holds and breath work to be able to give you some sort of a program consistently done daily where, you know, repetitively done can trigger those neurons to be able to be prepared for responding and reacting at a much faster pace and being able to move your body, um, you know, to catch up to the speed of your brain in a sense, yep. you know. So I, I'm also very excited because that was something new for me to do. And, and you know, putting this project together has been really fun. And, um, and we're looking forward to putting this out uh, in January of next year for you guys to, you know, be able to just take a quick uh, quick look at, at at how Rob sees the game and, and combine some avenue of um, neurological training for the nervous system to be able to enhance the physical body to catch up to that brain. <clears throat> and uh, I think um, I think that's cool. I think it's very powerful. I think it, it, it also shows everybody um, something tangible that they can actually do. Uh, I you think have to buy in. You have to buy you know, in. I think yeah. that's something that you kind of said to me is like, listen, this is going to be very different. Yeah. Um, it'll be challenging at times, but you have to trust it. It'll be frustrating at times. Yes. You know, we had a session yesterday yeah. where I was very frustrated. And I just his wasn't, body was fighting I wasn't me feeling yesterday. It and you yeah. felt it. You know, I was like fighting you. And, yeah. um, but you have to trust it. That's and I right. think, you know, you have to. You know, you'll know at the end of a session, right? If we, you have your your online classes, if you if you try a session, you'll know at the end of it that you know, you're gonna feel a sense of energy and a vibration in your body that you've never felt before. That's right. And I felt it the first time I was here. Um, you know, m my body was like glowing, yeah. and it was like okay, you know, like this is something I want to feel more often. Yeah. Um, so trusting it and then being consistent with it, um, like anything else, or going to be extremely important and you know i would urge 
you know, not just the cross players, but anybody to, you know, it's going to enhance anybody's life. Yeah, no, and, 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 I, and I think you're right, and, I, and you hit that on the head. You know, I, the next phase, and, and as we conclude more of this podcast, you know, where, where is Rob Pinnell five years from now? You know, and as a human being first and then as a lacrosse player, you know, within possibly the community and maybe not, um, you know, where where is that space for you? Where am I five years from now? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I have no idea. I think stuff that we're doing is, is helping me to figure it out. Yeah. Um, you know, will I figure it out before I'm there? I don't know. But... Uh, I'm hoping to have a, a clearer picture and a better idea. Um, I don't think I'll be playing lacrosse. <laughs> uh, I, I think I could say that. Um, you know, I think I have a few years left in me, and but uh, you know, I'm ready to to move on and, and have an impact in 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 other ways than just on the lacrosse field. And um, I, I I've I've put my energy into lacrosse for so long. I'm ready to shift that energy elsewhere um yeah and that's something we spoke about right one of the first things i said to rob when it comes to training in this hg zen system was this is a philosophy this is a way of life you know um this is a avenue that will help you open and unlock things internally that feeling that you talked about where you were glowing you know that's not a hocus pocus feeling you know it, it is a neurological stimulation based on 20 years of anatomical study of the spine in how to trigger certain things. I call them energy locks to open up, to have that type of what one might call a spiritual experience, you know, of euphoria where you're like, whoa, I've never felt yeah. that before, right? And that translates into daily life. And, and that is what I think where I'm very excited about the work you and I are starting to do together for the future beyond lacrosse, you know, and, and something that I think can be very, very beneficial for the youth, the parents of the youth, um, and as well as just, you know, everybody as a whole who's always looking to become a better student of life. It's, re it's really anyone. <clears throat> I think it's anyone. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about lacrosse because that's what I'm in. Right. And, and you know, uh, you can relate So it, with the Stan. So it's, we talk about lacrosse, but it's it's really, and as I say to you, like, it's not, this is not just, this is for everyone. It's going to enhance anyone's life to be put in this mindset. And, you know, whether it's the 10 minutes or 20 minutes, 30 yeah. minutes, you know, you have all different options, but it just gets you in focus for the day, gets you ready for whatever that task is at hand. And, um, you know, when I'm training, you know, and there's 30 more seconds, you say everyone has 30 seconds, you know, to fight and uh, everyone has 10 minutes in the day. And I, and I really think if someone can spend this 10 minutes, you know, I know when I don't do it, you know, if I'm not able to come here, or we're not able to do a remote, like um, I can't wait to get the recording so that I can just do my 10 minutes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to really uh, help me uh, moving forward, just like we talk about with that consistency. Yeah, and, and, and like Rob says, you know, I, I, I gave him a little text yesterday, you know, life is like the breath, right? There's contractions and there's expansions, right? And when you're about to step into a big expansion of something big coming your way, 
there's usually a contraction and that's kind of what you were feeling yesterday, you know, in, in your training and it shows on the mat. You know, I always tell people when, when I got you energetically one-on-one, -on -one, the mat doesn't lie, right? Yeah. I mean, everything is coming out <laughs> one way mm -hmm. or the other. And if there is resistance and if there is that uh, and that stoppage and that yeah. blockage and that energy, that's coming out and I feel it, right? And I'm like, okay, and then we got to maneuver. And with that, comes the opening afterwards, right? And you have to be able to weather that storm. And that is something that Rob, you know, with his consistency on that, you know, constant um, pursuit for excellence that, you know, is not such a pursuit because he lives it on a daily basis. I mean, there, that's, that's, the, that's the funny part, right? You pursue something that you're living every single day. <laughs> and, you know, it's, 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 it's like uh, chasing what you already are. And, you know, and, and, <clears throat> and, and to conclude, you know, with this podcast today, um, I just want to really, I want to really thank you for your friendship and the energy that you give me, you know, it's not, uh, oftentimes people think that, you know, I, it's my energy that I give. I do. I give a lot of energy in the live classes when I train somebody, the very few people that I train one-on-one -on -one, um, in this system. You know, it does take a lot of energy work for me to be able to do that. But, you know, your vigor, your youth, your mentality, your uh, just your energy in general motivates me so much on a daily basis. And it's given me a whole new spark and a new avenue to look at things as well. So I just want to conclude by thanking you for, you know, being a part of my life. And I, it's a very, it's a special, special thing when two people combine and, and, and they get each other right away. They have, they didn't have to know each other for 30 30 years you know and, and and that's very special well thank so you thank the, you the, the feelings mutual and uh thank you for having me on here and uh I'm looking forward to the future beautiful so there you go guys that's the one and only rob pinnell um be sure to check out um hgzen.com and get all the information that we just talked about is on there so rob we've talked a little bit about this system and hgzen.com and and where people can find what we're doing but there's a lot of other things and other avenues that you work on as well um can you just quickly share a little bit in conclusion about where people can find you and and, and how they can you know get a piece of what you do yeah um on twitter and instagram i'm at rob pinnell three probably more uh active on instagram um and then I have the A3 Lacrosse app, which is for lacrosse players. It's on the App Store on iOS, and it's basically a year-round training tool um, for kids from home, virtual training, drills, instruction, live Zoom sessions, um, feedback, one-on-one -on -one feedback. Uh, it's, it's a tool for kids to really take advantage of their time at home and their training, something that I wish I had growing up. And, um, and then, yeah, I have the Attack Academy, which is part of A3, which is clinics that we do we travel year-round it's been a little difficult with COVID but uh, we do travel normally multiple locations a year and um, you know put up clinics to teach kids uh, our methodology and our thought process when it comes to lacrosse and um, you know I'm all about getting kids better and you know teaching them the ways and um, teaching them things if it's it could, if it's one or two things then it's a home run and um, most of the time it's more than that but uh, as I tell kids the things that I'm teaching you are the things that I'm still doing today. So there's no secret sauce. There's no thing that I'm going to teach you today that's going to all of a sudden make you better than everybody else. 
it's the consistent work ethic and um, you know commitment to your craft over time it's going to allow you to get to the level that you want but uh, through A3 Lacrosse and the Attack Academy um, we try and, and, and show kids that and, and teach them that and it's fantastic that A3 uh, app uh, that you have is is, uh, is is phenomenal. My son uses it, and I've noticed it, and I went through it. It's very extensive. He's put a lot of work into this thing. And it's, yeah, you got a good team. Yeah, it's, it's, team. you good. always do, right, yeah. in, in building something big. But it is. It's a, it's a great program. I recommend it for every single kid playing. Um, you you can't go wrong with understanding that type of knowledge, um, and and like Rob said, you know I think the one word that we can describe that has brought us together is integrity, and everything he does and I do is rooted from and through integrity, and 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 uh, that's the true definition of success and happiness in my book. So until next time, be sure to check this podcast out at www.helixandgene.com on our podcast section. And uh, we're also on the iPodcast as well as uh, Spotify. So be sure to check us out on all of these different channels. And uh, looking forward to doing this again sometime in the near future, Rob. Me too, Sam. You the man. Thank you. Take care, bud. Well, there you have it, folks. That was our founder and CEO, Sam Baluch, and extraordinary person and athlete, Rob Pinnell. It was such a pleasure to listen to that and to hear what kind of person Rob is, and and really that's a large part of why he is where he is today. Uh, One of my favorite quotes was to control the controllables, and um, yeah, I mean, that's what you have to do in life. So here are uh, some links, which I'll link to in the show notes as well. Uh, you can find Rob on Twitter at RobPanel3, R-O-B-P-A-N-N-E-L-L-3 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we will put links into Rob's A3 Lacrosse app, which your child can do from home during this uh, coronavirus, as well as Rob's Attack Academy, which is still open for programs and camps and clinics. Uh, train your mind and change your body. That is the HG Zen training mantra. And you can find out more about HG Zen at hgzen.com. And we also mentioned Acceleration Fitness in Deer Park, New York, and I will link to their site in the show notes. So once again, everybody, thank you for tuning in and listening in. We have some exciting guests upcoming this year. We're excited to be back with you. You can find the show notes for this podcast at helixandgene.com slash podcast, episode 23. Be well, train your mind, change your body, and we'll see you soon.